Hi everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of Bloomberg Intelligence Tech Disruptors podcast. My name is Anurag Rana and I'm a technology analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence, Bloomberg's in-house research arm. We're delighted to have the co-founder and CTO of Gusto, Eddie Kim, as our guest today. We are hoping Eddie will give us some insights about product development and key growth initiatives that the company is undertaking. So let's kick it off with a brief background of Eddie yourself and how Gusto was founded. Yeah, nice to meet you. And thanks for having me on. Brief background about myself. I'll start there. I was born and raised in Southern California. My parents both immigrated here from from South Korea. They were actually small business owners for 35 years. They uh, ran a small medical practice where I grew up in a city called Upland. And I just really grew up you know, getting picked up by my mom after school, being taken back to the their office, the back literal back office of their office where I would just do my homework until my mom and dad were done with uh, with work. They closed the office and then we'd go home together as a family. So I really kind of grew up in a small business environment. My mom was the one that actually did a lot of the the back office, like the payroll and benefits and 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 HR, all the things that a small business needs to 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 stay running. So that's a little bit about me. Gusto is a people platform for small and medium sized businesses. We help more than two hundred thousand of these small and medium businesses take care of their teams, everything from onboarding to paying them payroll, insurance like health insurance benefits, retirement benefits create a more engaged workforce, help them grow. And we do all of this in like a really easy to use platform that's kind of really tailored for a small business owner like my mom, who is not an expert in payroll or HR. The interface is designed in such a way that even if you're not an industry expert in, in compliance for payroll and HR, that it's easy for you to use and, and stay compliant with all the complexities that come with running a business. I must confess, when I had first saw the description of a lot of your business, I was a little baffled as well that in a mature market like this, we have a brand new entrant and with, you know, a pretty strong backing. In fact, when I looked at your uh, people who have funded you, I found one of my favorite names, you know, Toby Lutez, uh, Shopify's uh, co-founder and CEO, and I've covered Shopify for seven, eight years. So, so explain to me, please, how did you convince him and others that your roster of investors are very strong? to invest in an idea when it's a very mature market? It's a great question. And that was honestly like a little bit of the questions that myself and my co-founders had. But one thing that you'll find is if you actually talk to small business owners or entrepreneurs who are starting businesses, they will actually tell you that even though there are companies in here that have been doing this for many, many years, ADP has been around, I think potentially one of the, called one of the first SaaS companies have been around for about 90 years now. The problem is still difficult and it's difficult, especially for small business owners and difficult for, for, you know, startups and entrepreneurs. And so as we spoke to a lot of folks in our network, like Toby, about this problem, they wholeheartedly agreed that the problem has not been solved. There's still a long way to go. And I started to speak a lot with my mom and her accountant about it and heard a lot of the frustrations that she had in running the business for 35 years. In fact, one of the, one of the fun exercises that we did was actually go back and look at how she had done payroll over the past 35 years. And we discovered that over that time period, she had paid about $250,000 in tax 
penalties, payroll tax penalties because of the mistakes that were made. And oftentimes without even knowing that there were mistakes until we actually went back and pulled up, you know, all the filings and, and looked it up. So it's staggering that like how big of a problem that this still was, especially for small businesses. Yeah, no, I, I was pretty intrigued as well, especially given that, you know, ADP is no longer a AAA credit rating company, but I think at one point it was one of the very few credit rating companies. So to go after a space that's been dominated by somebody like that was pretty intriguing to me as well. So now perhaps, you know, get into the whole concept of disruption. What exactly do your products do that would disrupt somebody who's using either a homegrown system or a legacy product? I think, first of all, we got into the space not not to disrupt an incumbent or incumbent or anything like that, but really just we we had witnessed and, and seen this problem ourselves. Again, just having a lot of firsthand experience watching my mom run the back office of a, of a small business. And I'm really passionate about small businesses myself. So it really kind of originated from us wanting to solve real problems for real people and make a real difference in their lives. Something like payroll and HR, it's not like a nice to have type thing. It's a it's a need to run a business. And you're right. A lot of businesses today still are doing things through pen and paper manually. Maybe it's literally pen and paper. Sometimes it's through spreadsheets like Google Spreadsheets, but it leads to a lot of errors, frustrations. It takes a lot of time to do it in that way. And so one of the things that we found is a lot of small businesses realize, especially in this day and age, the complexity of running a small business, the complexity of taxes has grown significantly, especially since since COVID. They've started to realize that the pen and paper is not the way to do it. And they're, and they're really starting to look to Gusto to help them run all the people aspects of their business so that they can really go back to why they started that business in the first place, right? A lot of times they're they're passionate about, you know, what their business is doing. Could be a coffee shop where the owner is super passionate about coffee or one of my favorite types of companies are, are like pet stores. And there's always uh, the business owner that's like passionate about animals behind there. And so that, that's really why Gusto exists and why people have adopted us so frequently. Perhaps, you know, from a practical point of view, you know, is there a sweet spot for your customer? Is there one that is, you know, X number of people or one particular vertical or industry, for example, you know, work yeah. they usually deals with services. So perhaps, you know, enlighten me that if I'm a pet owner, if I start using your product, how do I go about it? How, do, how long does it take for me to onboard? And, and you know, just, just very simple stuff about it. I'll share like across two different dimensions. So one dimension is by industry, business types, and then the other industry or the other dimension around size. In terms of this first dimension around industry, we actually see a very, very broad swath of industries. There's no one specific industry that Gusto specializes in. And one of the reasons why is that when you look at small businesses, the, the needs are largely the same, right? Certainly the tax rules, the compliance rules, the benefits rules, they're not rules for specific industries in general. They're, they're rules and compliance rules for all industries. And so Gusto is equally good at serving companies across a variety of different industries. And then on the other dimension, around size, we focus mostly on small and medium businesses. So that's anywhere from one person to all the way up to around 500 employees. It turns out that about 97% of employers in the US are, are in that range. It actually might be a little bit higher than that. And so this market of one to 500 is, is actually the vast majority of, of what the US looks like, right? That's actually the, the, the companies that are 500 and above are just a tiny sliver of overall employers in the United States. 
No, it's a fair point. And I mean, over the last four or five years, we have seen a massive influx of software companies that are targeting that arena and, you know, HubSpot and so many more that we deal with on a regular basis. You know, what is it about the space that excited in, in a sense that if, if I'm an SMB customer, why am I going after you versus somebody else? You know, what are some of the, I would say, top three or five reasons for me to choose Gusto? I would say one is Gusto's platform provides a lot of the enterprise-grade resources without requiring a lot of the enterprise-grade onboarding and complexity and, and the poor experience that oftentimes is associated with enterprise technologies. A lot of companies, they unfortunately think about the experience as kind of a secondary, and you'll see like a bunch of screens that are functionally complete, but, but are really, really difficult to use. So one of the main reasons why we see small businesses choose Gusto is because we provide provide a lot of the functionality and capability that other companies provide, but we do it in a way that has excellent user experience. That's kind of one of the main things that that we're we're known for. The second one is we are a holistic people platform. So we support not just payroll, but everything related to the people aspect of of running that business. So that's payroll, that's benefits, that's HR, that's performance management. And then also a big part of the Gusto platform is not just the employer experience, but the employee experience. I think Gusto is probably one of the only companies that really considers employees as equal of a customer to us as the employer. And an example of that is some of the financial services, the kind of financial wellness tools that we provide like Gusto Wallet to the employees of those employers. They can get help with things like budgeting and saving for their future and early wage access and things like that. It's a big part of the Gusto platform. And, and we find that a lot of employers love that we care as much about their employees' experience as we care about their, that, as, as their experience. Yeah, one of the things I have always struggled with is, you know, a SaaS model really beneficial in the, if you have that recurring model or recurring revenue over a long period of time. Yet when you get into the SMB space and you are in payroll, let's say, you know, your churn rate for employees is just so high because, you know, seasonality, just the temporary nature of the work. How do you ensure that, you know, you make enough money out of it when you, you're allocating so much time to take care of these things? Because these workers will come and go at a coffee shop or a, or, or a, restaurant, a restaurant, for example. I think first and foremost, Gusto is built on this aligned success model. And so what I mean by that, what I mean by aligned success model is that like if our customers, our small business, small and medium businesses are successful, then so is, is Gusto. So part of that comes from one, helping them to actually stay in business for longer, right? There's a lot of work that we did during 2020, during COVID to help businesses actually stay in business. Like we spent a lot of that year focusing on getting access to things like the PPP loans, right? And because we were able to help so many of our businesses um, get through a really difficult period, they stayed with Gusto and we saw churn not as bad as it, it, we, thought, we thought it would be when the pandemic had started. And in fact, we saw a lot of growth happen during this time because uh, our reputation as a business that helps small businesses grow their business uh, grew during this period. And we saw actually quite a bit of growth towards the latter half of 2020 and we still do today. And ultimately, like our business model is pretty straightforward. We have a SaaS subscription. There's a monthly base fee. There's what we call a PEPM fee. So per employee per month. So it's kind of a seat fee. It's very transparent. You go on our website to, to see what that is. So businesses, they they look at that and they, they know exactly what they're going to pay. They know exactly what they're going to get. 
for it. And that really helps to just kind of, you know, keep it really simple and keep things really aligned. We're not, you know, nickel and diming or I have a bunch of hidden fees or anything like that. And so, yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's simpler than it seems. Like you, you deliver great value to businesses. You help them do better as a business. And then Gusto in return does better ourselves. Our business does better and, and we're, we're rewarded. And so I'm really fortunate and we're really fortunate. We're really happy that we have a business model where we can do what we, we, we really care about, what we're really passionate about. And in doing so, we'll actually build a greater business for ourselves from, from a financial lens. Yeah, I mean, you know, in all fairness, uh, a lot of your story, uh, story resounds exactly what I said about Shopify seven, eight years ago, you know, enterprise grade product at a, at a very reasonable price. Now, one of the things that's worked out well for them, and in, in their case, I think a large portion of their merchant base were newer entrepreneurs, people who were not even there's no there wasn't a lot of displacement of software if you were to look at let's say you know top 100 customers of your yours in the last couple of years are those that are adopting your software for the first time or is there a displacement and in the, the case of displacement you know who are you displacing is that at that point yeah it is more that they are adopting gusto or, or a people platform a payroll provider for their first time so the majority of our business actually comes from a new entrepreneur, a new business owner. Maybe it start, has started as a, as a project and they've grown the business to the point where they're hiring their first contractor, or their first, their very first employee. It's a very exciting time for them. And all of a sudden, things have gotten significantly more complex for them because now they have to file 1099s, they have to file W-2s, they have to file 941s and a whole bunch of like payroll tax forms on a quarterly basis, not to mention all of the kind of employment related compliance that they now need to follow. And so that's typically when we get a new customer. It's like, it's not that they are switching from another provider that does, that does happen actually, but I would say the majority is coming from a new business that is, that is starting on, on, on Gus and hiring someone for the, for the first time and, need, and needs to find a, a payroll provider and a people platform. And I would say that, you know, SMBs is, again, a pretty economic sensitive space. And then my guess is this is your first big recession out there. You know, what have you seen so far? And, you know, what are your expectations of, you know, how things will shape up for the next, let's say, you know, year or two years? Yeah, I think the, the great thing is we have a bit of experience in this. We've been around for almost 11 years now, and we've also been through ups and downs, especially during the pandemic it was a very, very difficult time for small businesses. In fact, small businesses, it's easy to forget since we ha we've had some distance between now and early 2020s, but it was a very, very scary time for small businesses with, with the lockdown. And so one of the things that we, we stuck to during that period was to stay focused on, on helping our customers, right? In any way that we can. At that time, it was about, again, getting them access to funding government programs so that they can survive. And so I, I think although the, the, the situation may look a little different, the facts on the ground, the reasons are going to look different. I think our strategy is the same. It's really to focus on helping small businesses in any way that we can. Something I like to say is history doesn't repeat itself, but it does rhyme. It's not my quote. It's, it's from, from Mark Twain. And I think although no one really knows what the next 12 months out is going to look like, we do know that if we kind of take the same approach that we did in 2020. Our businesses are going to be fine. Their small businesses are extremely resilient. And as a result, Gusto will, will do great as well. And so it's a scary time for everybody, small businesses included with inflation and things like that. But I think we have enough experience in this space that we know how to help our businesses. And I, I think because of that, we, we've built a pretty durable business here. 
Is cost saving one of your, I, I guess, selling points? And if that's the case, do you have any case studies where, you know, somebody has used your software and, you know, saved X amount of money over a, over a time period? Yeah, 100%. Well, I guess I'll start with the basic. The the fees that we charge, as I, as I mentioned, they're very, very competitive, especially if you look at other payroll providers out there and it's transparent. So I think there's a lot of predictability in what our customers are going to pay us, which they really, really like. But more than that, actually, companies have used Gusto and are using Gusto more and more to find savings that they didn't, they didn't even know that they were aware of. So I'll give an example of another one in addition to PPP, which, which Gusto played a really important role in getting that one out to, to small businesses. But another one is a thing called R&D tax credits. And what that is, is it's also a government incentive for businesses to do certain types of, of research. And startup tech startup companies are actually very, very well aware of this. They have VCs, they have like really expensive accounting firms that they hire that help them take advantage of these credits. And in fact, if you look at the share of, of these funds that go to tech startups, it's, it, they take a disproportionate amount. But the reality is small businesses are innovative as well. It's not a Silicon Valley tech startup thing. And so we found that in the 200,000 plus small and medium businesses that are on Gusto, many of them are actually, actually eligible for the R&D tax credit as well. And so one of the things that Gusto is doing, since they're on our platform, we have a lot of their data is facilitating getting this R&D tax credit. We'll actually do the study, which is one of the things that's required to apply for the credit. And then, we, and then we'll help administer the, the credit once they've received it. Because the credit, like many tax incentives for small businesses, are distributed in the form of not direct checks to those small businesses, but in the form of credits, like payroll tax credits. So they pay less. If you were paying $10 in Social Security tax, you're now paying $5 instead, right? It's the equivalent of getting a $5 check in the mail. It's just done a, through the payroll companies. And so Gusto is playing a really critical role. We've helped many, many companies get access to things like the R&D tax credit, which really just puts money back into their pockets, right? And it's one of the biggest things that small businesses need is like, it's, it's the cash flow. They don't raise Series C rounds from venture capitalists to run their small business. They, they actually run it through their own cash flow. So it's a great example of a company that I love. It's called Heckler Design. They're based in Arizona and they create commercial hardware and, and furniture. And so Gusto actually helped them find $380,000 in R&D tax credits. That's like, that's literally the same as the government sending them a check in the mail for $380,000, money that they wouldn't have gotten if it wasn't for Gusto. They use these funds to purchase more inventory, keep people on payroll, not cut people's hours. And so like, it's, it's, it's an it's a awesome example of a real company, a real business on how Gusto is actually helping them just put money back into their bank accounts. No, that's excellent. And, you know, one of the things you just mentioned about is the, the government funding or the PPE program. Any examples of how you help the companies at that time? And because we, you know, we are hearing a lot about the government is going after smaller businesses that, you know, had some fraud associated with it. Though so I'm assuming yeah. using their software, they can pretty much say, listen, we did everything by the book and this is why. Right. Perhaps, you know, get, get into detail. would love to hear more about it. Biggest challenges in getting the PPP loans was it was not well understood by small business owners. What of their payroll expenses actually qualifies for, for the PPP loan? And so Gusto has a team of tax experts that I recall at that time, you know, were getting essentially the laws from the government, even when they're in draft form, starting to understand the rules on eligibility 
And then they would take it to our, to, to my team, the, the EPD team to start to implement it into our product. And so we got it to a point where a small business owner on Gusto would just have to go to one page. We had a COVID page and then they click a button and then they download a report that was a PDF file that they can just take to their bank and the bank would look at it and they would approve it. And, and we actually worked with banks to help them, to help us understand like, what is it that banks are looking for to approve the loan? Like what's going to streamline it for them? Because the other problem at that time was that banks actually had a bottleneck in how many loans that they could process. So even though all this money had been, been set aside, there were so many PPP applications coming in that there was only, they couldn't process them all. And so businesses had to wait a long time before they would, would get their loan approved. By Gusto working with banks to really understand what the banks were looking for in terms of what the application should look like, what the report should look like, really helped streamline the process for the Gusto customers. And it really helped actually the banks process more loans because like as soon as you can standardize something and then you saw a lot of their, the banks saw a lot of their clients coming in with the, the Gusto report, they know that it's trustworthy, it's right. And then they could, they could approve it in a more accelerated way. It does make a lot of sense for me, which is why I went into that direction because it was, I, I would say from my point, it's a common sense thing. Now within your portfolio is bulk of it payroll or a little bit HR or, you know, how's the mix on that? Do I, if I'm a small business, do I still need to get an HCM package or your product will do all for me? Yeah. So for a lot of small and medium businesses, the source of truth for the people that, that are working at that company is the payroll system. And so every single one of our customers, they're using Gusto for, for payroll. And then a subset of them are using Gusto for all the other things I just mentioned, right? Benefits, the, the people platform, the, the HR functionality, paying international contractors, the R&D tax credits, app provisioning and, and deprovisioning, all of those things are kind of optional on top of the, the payroll provider, the, the payroll services that, that, we, that we provide. Yeah, I remember following a company a long time ago or actually reading about them, Ultimate Software, which is still, you know, since then, I think most UKG Kronos, now. Yeah, UKG yeah. now. Exactly. So, I mean, one of the things I think they used to sell both of these things at the same time and became, but as the enterprises, as you, as the client becomes a little bigger and bigger, they, you know, they can go out and choose one best of breed HCM provider or, a, you know, in your case, what is that sweet part, sweet spot that the customer really needs to be this big before they decide, you know what, I just need a dedicated HCM package? Yeah. So a lot of businesses will start on Gusto with payroll. And then as they grow, maybe they get around 10 employees or so. That's kind of when they start thinking about things like benefits and onboarding and offboarding. By the way, it's not just how many employees the company has. It's also how frequently they're hiring kind of the, the turnover in their business. So you'll see like a restaurant, for example, will maybe consistently have 15 employees, but they're actually onboarding five every month, right? Where there's a lot more turnover in, in those, those sorts of industries. So, but generally when you get to around like 10 is when they start looking beyond payroll and then start looking at like, I want to provide benefits. I want to provide performance reviews. I want to have an applicant tracking system. I want to know what my employees are saying about the company and get feedback from them on how we can be a better employer. So that's around the stage where I think we start to see employers start to want to add those things on. A lot of these things have ties to payroll. Like a very obvious example is when a business decides to provide health insurance for their employees it has implications on the payroll system because in the form of like a pre-tax deduction for the, for the monthly premiums that employees are paying for their health insurance. And so businesses will want to consolidate this on Gusto, right? It's one of our key value propositions that 
you don't have to leave, that you kind of have a single place to go for all of the, all of your business needs, whether it's payroll, whether it's HR, whether it's benefits. And, and so that tends to be the case until these businesses get to around 500 or so. And then when you get to 500, they start to, their workflows start to change yet again, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's where I think where they start to look outwardly for another provider. And for us, that's actually okay. Uh, and the reason for that is because we, we passionate, we're, we're focused on that one to 500 range, a small and medium business. And, and sometimes to do great for a certain audience, you have to be accepting of what you're not going to be good at, at least not now. Right. And so by being very deliberate about that, it allows us to provide uh, an incredible experience for the one to 500, which by the way, again, is, is more than 95% of employers in the, in the U S Sometimes I find that in Silicon Valley, we like to focus on what happens when a business goes from 10 to a thousand. And the reality is, if you look at the data, that's just kind of like an anomaly, right? That's not, that's not what a small business typically does by any means. Many of them build their business. They, they, they're part of their community. They support their community and they kind of stay a certain size. This idea of like a hyper growth company, like scaling from 10 to a thousand in one year is just like not. It's not a, it's not a thing in small business. And I think, I think it, it's, it's one of the key things to understand about main street America and not, not. Yeah, no, no, you're right. And again, you know, perhaps I'm, I'm mixing Shopify in between as well, because a lot of the merchants are digitally native. So I, I'm still sometimes thinking in that phase. So what portion of your customer base would I say is, you know, kind of the ones that are pivoted towards an old economy versus, you know, gig economy or any other digitally native businesses? You know, how many of them would be, you know, a small a restaurant or a dry cleaner shop versus, you know, somebody that's a digital store that is selling some product out there? Yeah. I don't know the exact numbers off the top of my head. I wouldn't be surprised if there isn't like a clear majority here. The thing that I love about Gusto's business is we see like a broad spectrum of, of industries, right? We have, we do have tech startups, actually. We have restaurants, we have nonprofits, we have all sorts of businesses. And I just really love kind of like combing through a few of them and just seeing where they're at and what they do. And I discovered a company that I actually really loved the other day. And it's, it's actually a 300 person business that is called Poop 911. And what <laughs> they do is they actually have built an incredible business just picking up dog poop. I know. Um, I know. In like, HOAs and, and community parks and they contract with, you know, cities and build office parks and buildings and things like that. I just love like kind of looking at these kinds of businesses, businesses that are on Gusto. And also there's just a lot of digital first ones as well. I think the barrier to start a small business has, has gone down significantly over the past five to 10 years. You know, companies like Shopify have enabled that, right? Like you can get a web store set up a domain name and start to sell things, fulfill things without being an expert or having to do a bunch of paperwork. Gusto's in that same vein, right? You don't need to be an expert in payroll and HR. You don't need to go to city hall anymore to, to register your, your business. And I remember the, actually I started a, a small business on my own many, many years ago. And one of the things that you have to do is go to city hall. You have to register. I did like fill out some paperwork. And then you actually have to take out an ad in a newspaper announcing the name of your business so that others who are reading the newspaper can reply and raise their hand if they just so happen to have the same name as your business, right? And then there'd be a resolution process. That's how frictionful it was to start a, a business just 10 years ago. I, I'm willing to bet you there's a lot of cities that, are, that still have these kinds of processes. 
But Gusto is really automating these things, right? We do, one of the things that we've added recently is state tax registration first through, through the app on, on Gusto. So a business who's decided to hire someone in a different state because they're comfortable with remote work since COVID now can just do so directly through Gusto, fill out a few forms, give us, give us some information about, and we'll take care of everything for them, right? We do the equivalent of like that city hall and the, that newspaper thing and, and all those like crazy things that you have to do. And the business owner doesn't have to think about it anymore. Fair. And so it's become like incredibly easy to just build a business. And I think a lot of these are digital first businesses as well. No, no, absolutely. Very fair. One of the things we've always seen with companies like yourself is very organically built. You love coding. The whole team loves it and they don't want to, I guess, mess the, mess the system up with acquisitions. But you know, you didn't acquire any company for 10 years, then you just bought three companies in four months. You know, what are those? And, you know, why did you do that? That whole era, era was a very interesting time. You're right. We've, you know, more historically kind of built the business more organically. But really what changed was, again, COVID. I think COVID just changed so many things. The complexity of running a business, step function higher. And one of the things that we were really looking at is how do we fulfill the needs of our small and medium businesses faster? And acquisitions are one way to do that. It ultimately is about reducing time to impact. We could have built the things that the capabilities that the companies that we acquired had built. We could have done it, but I think it would have taken a longer period of time during which our small and medium businesses have a, a large amount of need, right? And so that was really kind of the decision to do these acquisitions because the needs just changed significantly due to COVID. So just to go through a couple examples, one of the companies that joined Gusto is called Remote Team. And one of the things that changed in the world since COVID was obviously remote work. Startups obviously got more comfortable with it. Gusto got more comfortable with it, but small businesses as well got more comfortable with it. In fact, in 2021, the number of fully remote workers has increased by 240% compared to the year before that. And so Remote Team gave us a lot of capabilities such as paying contractors inter internationally, right? So a lot of small businesses were not only hiring out of state, but also hiring out of country. And you can now pay those contractors in a hundred different countries through through Gusto. Remote Team was, was an acquisition that we made that like allowed us to bring this capability to our customers sooner and, and kind of like meet the need that they had to, to, to pay and hire internationally. RDS was another great example. The, RDS is the company that facilitates the R&D tax credits that I spoke about earlier. One thing that became very clear is the importance of cash flow for, for small businesses, right? They, I learned very painfully during COVID that any opportunity to take advantage of a government program to bring more money to support the small business, which the government is really interested in doing, they should take advantage of, right? PPP was a very, very good example of that. R&D tax credit has actually been around for many, many years, but it just became much more top of mind during, during COVID. And RDS had been working for a couple of years on how do you streamline the R&D tax credit process for, for small businesses. So that was another great example where we could really reduce the time of impact for, for, for our businesses and really kind of meet their unmet needs in a shorter period of time. So one last question for me, and then we'll wrap up is uh, there's a lot of discussion about fintech. You know, tell us a little bit about the Gusto Embedded Payroll. What does it do and why the company decided to expand in the fintech space? At the end of the day, it's really just, help, again, helping more small and medium businesses out there. Gusto Embedded is really just taking a lot of the capabilities that Gusto had built over the past 11 years and making them available 
to developers, software developers, so that they can kind of embed that experience and embed that capability uh, directly into their own products through through APIs. And so, you know, payroll is extremely complicated. It's constantly evolving and it, and it takes a lot of resources to kind of stay on top of everything that's going on and make sure you're continuing to do things in a compliant and accurate fashion. And so the value of Gusto Embedded is let Gusto, let us, who are the experts in this, take care of all of that. And then you can kind of use our APIs to build an incredible experience, integrated experience into your into your own product. And that just allows us to reach more small and medium businesses, right? There's a lot of great companies out there that are building tree-specific, vertical, vertically integrated solutions. And Gusto Embedded is powering an important layer of that, that stack for small businesses. And so that's really what Gusto Embedded is all about. No, fair point. No, th- this has been a, a really interesting conversation. I really did not know until a few, I would say, honestly, weeks ago that uh, your company has done so much disruption in the space. In a space where I would have, you know, historically thought was a little more boring and a little more well-established, but it's been a lot of fun and good luck. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me.